0: What was interesting when we launched our MVP at the end of last year, the number of people who posted on our Twitter and our Discord of like, hey, I'm a cab driver in Jaipur, India, or I'm an economist in Argentina, and I now own real estate in the U.S. of A.
1: This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today we have a special guest. His name is Joshua Kagan. He's the co-founder and CEO of Bonfire. He has a, He's a, on a mission to democratize access to real estate. Bonfire transforms income-producing assets into tokens, allowing everyday folks like you to participate in property ownership. He has 14 years of experience in fintech and real estate, brings a wealth of knowledge to the table. Today, we're focusing on the perspectives of sponsors and passive investors in the real estate syndication space. We're going to explore how tokenization and blockchain technology are the revolutionizing right, the industry, making it more accessible and transparent to both sponsors and passive investors. So join us. And so we're going to discuss this over a two-day series. We're going to be with Joshua. We're going to separate those items a little bit between sponsors and passive investors. But they blend so much, right? You're going to hear me talk about that. I want to know a number of these things. Because I'm a, sp- a sponsor, I'm also a passive investor. But I want to know these things and I want to know a lot more than this, but with the time we had, there's a number of things here I want to know because I want to protect my past investors, right? I want to, anybody that's investing in our deal and through their platform, if we use Bonfire or another uh, option like them, there's a number of things I want to know for uh, on behalf of our investors, right? And you're going to hear us talk about all those things over the next two days. Joshua, welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to this conversation because I know this is like your skill sets are like an up and coming thing. I feel like it's just going to grow and that we all need to know about. Uh, and so give the listeners a little more about yourself, a little bit of background that you were sharing with me, even when we first got on here, because it's it's very impressive. I want to dive into you know, what Bonfire is and hear that from you as well. But first, who is Joshua? Give us a little bit more about you and then we'll jump in. First
0: of all, thank you, Whitney, for having me. Big fan of the show. It's great to be here. And uh, yeah, my background is kind of a combination of real estate and technology and finance. So I worked at a venture capital firm that was doing uh, investing in the internet of things and buildings and things of that nature. And then Richard Branson had d- dinner with Al Gore and got freaked out about climate change and wanted to do something entrepreneur about it and created this quirky company called the Carbon War Room and asked my boss to be the COO of it. And I, he asked me the, uh, to come over and run the Energy Efficiency and Buildings Division, where we are focused on investing in energy efficiency projects and multifamily office, hotels, et cetera. Did that for four and a half years. We got acquired. And then I went to a startup called Clean Fund. That's a specialty finance company that provides capital for energy efficiency projects and buildings using a structure called PACE, Property Assessed Clean Energy. And I uh, was there for four and a half years. We grew from like Two million to ninety-four million. And those in that time, we did the first securitization in industry history, and then all along the way, I was started. I, I was doing my own real estate projects. So in 2011, I bought my first foreclosure. It was in the Berkeley Hills. It was actually a short sale, great experience. Just rolling up my sleeves, being the general contractor on it, finding tenants, leasing them up, being the property manager, et cetera. Started doing more of those. Then started doing fix and flips. Then started doing the Burr method of buy rehab. Rent refinance and built on a portfolio of single family homes. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to the
1: last kind of 12, 13 years. Awesome. Well, speak to moving into Bonfire. Like, what is Bonfire and what does it do? What's the problem it's solving? And let's dive into some of that. So, Bonfire is Robin Hood for real estate. And let me kind of
0: just give the background of why we created this. You know, many of our friends, my friends are in their 30s and 40s. They want to own real estate and they can't because Student debt is continuing to follow them, and interest rates have doubled the last year, and property prices have gone up so much since, since the pandemic started, et cetera. Right. And there's not a lot of supply because of private equity buying up supply, et cetera. And yet, these are people who are making hundred thousand dollars a year, who own stocks, who own maybe some crypto, and they want to have real estate in their portfolio. And there's no real easy way for them to have access to good deals. I mean, yes, there's REITs. But investing in a REIT is investing in a corporation that goes out and buys real estate and you're paying the overhead of the corporation before you're getting any distributions. And there's just not a real simple way for people to invest in very good deals at a low price point um, and as easy as buying a stock. And that's that was the impetus behind buying bon, uh, starting Bonfire. So my co-founder, Vi, he came from India 10 years ago. He started and sold three companies, including one for $200 million, I'm just a serial entrepreneur, and he took the money he made from his ventures and bought real estate in India, as well as in the Bay Area. And his problem is he wants to keep buying more and more real estate, but it isn't efficient for him to vet assets, do the due diligence, make offers, buy them, manage them. So he wanted to build a platform where he could be investing in pretty much every deal that comes on the platform. And so we kind of came together. We were like, well, how do we make it super simple for anyone on earth to be able to buy, buy, and eventually sell interest in real estate
1: in a really liquid and efficient manner. And that's what Bonfire is all about. Well, I guess speak to who is the ideal client for Bonfire? Who would use that platform? So we have a a two-sided marketplace, right? So on the one side is the
0: supply, and that's a sponsor who is looking to raise LP capital for could be a new development or repositioning, you know, value-add play of sorts, and they're looking to diversify their capital base. And so Bonfire, our, we, we have international users. What was interesting, when we launched our MVP at the end of last year, the number of people who posted on our Twitter and our Discord of like, hey, I'm a cab driver in Jaipur, India, or I'm an economist in Argentina, and I now own real estate in the US of A. That was shocking to us because we did no marketing whatsoever internationally in fact we did no paid marketing whatsoever and it had like 1250 people sign up for our platform and so it's international people it's domestic it's accredited it's unaccredited it's people who want to diversify and have access to real estate at a lower price so traditionally some of our some of these other crowdfunding platforms have minimums of i don't know 10 dollars. dollars you know on our first asset it was it was 31 dollars This last week, we just sold out an allocation of a $60 million hotel last week. That was $2,000. So it's still at a price point much lower than traditional $25,000 minimum. So it's really anyone who wants exposure to real real estate at a more affordable price point.
1: Wow. Okay. Well... I guess, why don't you, I guess break down like blockchain versus tokenization and some of that just a little bit. So listeners who, maybe there's some that are new to this that we've talked about it a few times on the show, uh, but I still think it's such a, a new thing, especially to our industry that it's good to hear it again. And then I'll dive into a little bit of what that means for the real estate industry. In your opinion, we'll jump in.
0: Yeah. Let me just say that I come about this from non a non-technical background I'm not one of these people who are like all in on crypto where they're like, crypto is going to be everything everywhere and nothing else matters in the world. But crypto, I think there's so many scams and and rug pulls and BS in crypto. And I think it's really important to distinguish what crypto is versus blockchain. Think of the way I think about it is blockchain is like an operating system. So I have a Mac, right? So it's the OS um, and things are going to be built upon it like crypto, like NFTs, like other things, right? Those are applications in the same way that, you know, my OS has Safari, the browser built upon it and the word or the the Apple version of word on it. So what blockchain is, is it's a ledger, right? It's a ledger of recording data. And because of cryptography, basically you have blocks of data that get recorded And as another block gets, basically there's a chain that connects blocks of data and it becomes computationally impossible to reverse it. So what that means in English is when you put data on the blockchain, it is very trustworthy that it cannot be reversed. And like if I I go in Excel and I put a piece of data in, I can hit the rewind button and and it will go away. With blockchain, it's pretty much computationally impossible. There's a whole Sort of cryptography explanation as to why that is. But if you believe that these blocks of data are irreversible, there's a lot of really cool things that can happen from there because then you can create this ledger of information that exists publicly that you know is accurate and trustworthy. I can go into some of the different applications of that, but that's what blockchain is. So, how blockchain works and why it's kind of computationally impossible to reverse is these blocks of data are built upon each other in a series of chains. And the chains get validated from all these different computers around the world in a trustless, permissionless manner, in a very decentralized manner. So in order to actually reverse a a block on the chain, you'd have to have millions of people come together and conspire to do it. So it's pretty impossible to do it. And there's a lot of really cool things that can happen if you, if one get our head around, that is the case, like tokenization. And we can go, we can go into into what tokenization is and why that matters.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's a great way to explain it. I mean, it's this, what is blockchain? Because like you and I were talking about before we started recording, I think most people, if you haven't read or studied at all about crypto blockchain, they feel like it's just the same thing. Right. I feel like it's one and the same. And so I thought it was good enough how you broke down one operating on the other and what how blockchain can help us. And so talked about, or maybe talk about blockchain versus tokenizing now or tokens. What What is that?
0: Yeah. And, and just one, one last thing to riff off from what you just said is I remember when the internet came, went mainstream in the late 90s, right? And I was around and there was a lot of scams on the what they called then the World Wide Web um, and email scams. And those scams were happening at the sort of application level. So the, the fundamental technology of the internet was was neutral, but people built technologies on top of it that could be used for good or it could be used for scams. And I feel like the same exact thing is, gonna ha- is happening with blockchain. Blockchain is a neutral technology and people are building things on top of it. And it's like some people are going to build really cool stuff. Some people are going to build stuff that's going to be for scams. And so understanding the distinction between blockchain and the things that are built upon it, crypto being one of many different things is really important. So, what is tokenization? Tokenization is basically applying blockchain towards what the biggest use cases, real world assets. So, how it works is what we do is we'll take an income-producing real estate asset. That's what we're focused on right now. And, you know, let's say. I'm going to make up a number. There's a sponsor looking for a million dollars of capital. They're looking for LP capital. And let's say we have a thousand people in our network interested in the deal. By chopping up the asset into a thousand pieces, you could call them units, you could call them shares, we call them tokens. And each of these tokens is recorded on a smart, has, has a smart contract embedded in it and is recorded on the blockchain. And so what, that, what happens is we have a thousand people come in for a thousand dollars. I mean, that's, it's, it tends to be smaller number of people with bigger dollar amounts, but just for this exercise, let's just go with that. And then we're one LLC on the sponsor's cap tape, right? They're not dealing with a thousand investors, just one, right? And then our investors, each of them have a membership interest in this LLC that's recorded in, on the blockchain. And these tokens, the token represents an interest in this LLC, right? And when we build out our secondary marketplace, they will be able to sell if they want to that LL, that interest in the LLC and have liquidity because things happen in life before deals get seasoned, right? People get divorced. There's a medical issue. There's what opportunity cost, I, whatever reason why people might want to get out of, you know, a three to five, seven year hole. And that's something that blockchain facilitates versus historically, if I wanted to buy or sell an interest in real estate, I'm having to go down to county assessor's offices, right? I'm having to get notaries and signatories and all kinds of other third-party entities. Whereas blockchain, by selling the token through, through the blockchain, it's instantaneous. It's effectively free. I mean, it's, there's some cost, some they call them gas fees, but it's very de minimis. Um, and it's, and it's a permanent record of how ownership is conveyed and that's really what it solves.
1: Yeah. No, that's so interesting. I think I, I, I want to talk, or we're going to talk in another episode, just so the listeners that we're going to, do a little series here, a couple of shows with John and, and we're going to talk also more in depth about. What should sponsors know or why should sponsors consider tokenizing their offerings? We're going to go in a few more details there uh, as well. But at the moment, just to dive in here just a little bit more, how do you see the tokenization process and those things growing and other ways that it, we should expect it to be used in the future?
0: A great question. There's no shortage of reports that are coming out that say that tokenization is going to be you know, hundreds of billions of dollars or trillions of dollars of assets will be tokenized by X year. I think it's going to be one of these things. It's almost like solar energy where, and that's where I started getting into solar in 2008. And it was like tiny then, but it was growing really quickly. And when things grow three, 500% a year, year over year, when they're starting from nothing, no one really pays attention to it, right? Only the sort of a hardcore base of people. And then it hits this inflection point where it's like, it's this obvious thing that the main, it's like that inflection point where everyone's paying attention to it and it becomes self-fulfilling. And I think a similar thing is going to happen with tokenization. When we realize that we can tokenize all of our assets and I could sell um, a 10th of, I'm mean, just a bad example, but like, let's say my car is worth hundred thousand dollars and I can sell a 10th of it or, you know, like being able to tokenize our, our assets. And bring liquidity to things that historically don't have liquidity. Like if I'm an an employee at a venture capital-backed startup and and the startup raises money, I I came in at a $5 million valuation. It's now worth $500. It's very hard for me as an employee to unlock value, right? Same thing with people who have portfolios. Like You could have the grandmother across the street who owns her house free and clear, and it went from $100,000 to a million dollars. And she needs $100,000 to pay for her granddaughter's college education. And she doesn't want to get a home equity line of credit, right? So I think that the more entrepreneurs who just see like a great opportunity to unlock value for people and solve problems who come into the space and the more use cases and customers who are willing to trust it and try it out, like this is going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy of, of its adoption. But figuring out the timing of it and and when that's going to hit mainstream,
1: I'm not smart enough to do that. Well, let's transition just slightly. I want to ask a few questions on the LP side as far as investors that are using Bonfire. And I'm sure they have, and maybe you can hit this at at least a high level, but do they have concerns around maybe liquidity or exit strategies, things like that? Can you just speak to that for the passive investor?
0: Yeah. So there's kind of two things I think they're finding Compelling. Actually, I would say when I talk to our customers, like there's kind of three things that come up. The first is like even wealthy people, and when I say wealthy, I don't mean like Elon Musk of the world, but like, you know, people who work in tech or finance or real estate, maybe they make they, they make six, six to seven figures and they have they maybe they even own their own house and they have some wealth. They don't have a lot of access to really good deals. It that that's like Point number one, because really good deals tend to go institutional, right? Or ultra high net worth individuals, right? So that's one layer. The second is, let's say they, they do have access. There's often very high minimums to be able to get in, right? And then let's say that they get in, then their money is tied up. It's stuck in it, and they're beholden to the sponsor's exit time frame. And there can be misalignments sometimes between sponsor whole time and LPs for various reasons of waterfalls and prefs and things of that nature. Um, and so there's historically no liquidity for these LP investors and tokenization. You know, there's some regulatory issues that we'll have to resolve, but tokenization at least offers a potential avenue for investors to have liquidity in a way that they've never had before. Yeah,
1: no doubt about it. It's, but is that something that's available now? Is that something that a limited partners, past investors should expect down the road? What, what do you think the timeline on something like that to be more liquid? Yes.
0: It's definitely like i on our product roadmap right now, and our legal counsel is sorting through um, some ambiguity within things related to securities and tax law around it. So I have to be very careful to not over deliver. But it
1: is high on our priority list right now. Speak to the maybe the due diligence or the risk assessment that Bonfire would do for just for the investor to gain confidence, right? When investing through the platform.
0: Yeah. I mean, bonfire for us to survive and thrive, we cannot afford to have bad deals on our platform right now. Right. So we have a number of folks who a 20, 30 years of c r e experience who come in and help us um underwrite our deals, so we're underwriting a couple different things we're underwriting the sponsor, especially ones that we don't have a track record with so, that we we just completed um an allocation doing a sixty million dollar hotel project in the bay area with a sponsor who is a plus It's someone that I personally invested four times with, and they've all done very each of these deals have done very well like i just i've known him for 14, 15 years. And so I had a lot of comfort with him, but we still had other people underwrite the deal itself because I, I don't ever want any sort of appearance of a conflict of interest. So we, we underwrite the sponsor and we underwrite the asset. And that's you know, looking at the market, the sub market, the cons, the specific asset type, the business plan of it, looking at sort of the assumptions of exit, of cap rate, of stress testing those assumptions, looking at what in the market has been selling relative to the sponsor's projections, um, discounting that, looking at what happens if interest rates do keep continuing to increase, what what happens if cap rates increase one or 200 basis points between now and when the exit's going to happen. We really, at this point of a bonfire's history, we want to do less projects, but have them be extraordinary and just be a free-for-all of like any type of, anyone can just put a Because, you know, in real estate, there's scams and nefarious actors out there. And that would just, that would kill us if, you know, we had a bad project right now.
1: So speak to just the process of maybe how distributions work a little bit for the passive.
0: Yeah. So basically a sponsor will give us the distribution um, to the LLC level. And then we make distributions through our platform, usually on a quarterly basis to our investor grant base. Any... No, the K ones and all the tax matters for our ownership group.
1: Any other ways that maybe using a platform like Bonfire would minimize the risk for passive investors holding the tokens, your tokenized real estate?
0: Yeah. So a number of things. One is we're building out an entire sort of content educational library. And we really see ourselves as a platform to empower people to understand about real estate because real estate's intimidating. I've had a lot of conversations with our customers who just, they don't know about what due diligence looks like and, and contingencies and what can go wrong and just various other aspects. And we want to empower people to ultimately do their own deals and get on that, that property ownership ladder. I would say that because of our tokenization mechanism to that enables people to come in at a much lower price point than historically they would be able to with real estate, you know, buying a token for, 1000 $2,000 is much lower risk than $25,000 or 100000 on some other platforms. So I feel like we, we offer an opportunity for people to just kind of dabble with owning direct interests in real estate um, at a low price point. And our team is willing to have one-on-one calls with customers and really kind of explain them how the
1: platform works and answer their own questions and do some light coaching if that's helpful too. Awesome. No, that's great. There's so much education that needs to be done, right? You know, I always learn, I have done this in so many different industries as far as, you know, if if your customer is confused, their answer is no. Yes,
0: you're right. Absolutely. Right. If they're confused,
1: the answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. And this being such a new thing, it can gain so much excitement, but I can see so much confusion too around, you know, what it is because it's confused with blockchain versus crypto and those things. And you have to, you've done a great job Explaining that. Uh, joshua, I, I normally go to a few final questions, but just so the listener know, we're going to do that in the next episode with Joshua. But I want you to go ahead and tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and how they can learn more uh, about you and Bonfire before we move to the next round. A
0: number of ways. Email me directly, joshua at bonfire.capital. Our website is www.bonfire.capital. You can find me on LinkedIn. BonfireDAO D-A-O is our LinkedIn handle. Mine is Joshua Kagan, I think one, Um, but I'm very available and accessible. So feel free to reach out.
1: Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.